It's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Move with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, hey, we were talking earlier, kind of getting the plan together, and you sent me some um, stuff on um, basically... Selling stuff to relatives when uh, within the uh, within the farm and how there could be some tax consequences that go along with that. Yeah, it, it's something to probably one of the trickiest things is you just got to be really careful if you're selling assets to a related party, and the tax code defines the related party different ways. You know, sometimes the brother counts, sometimes not. So you got to be real careful. But if you're selling to a related party. Um, definitely should check with your tax advisor first because, you know, what you might think of the tax consequences, um, if I sell to a third party, hey, what would be the, why does it matter, you know, whether I sell to a third party or whether I sell something to my son, you know, it should be the same tax consequence. It's not, bottom line, many times. And so just be really careful about it. There are some ways we're going to talk about some possible solutions, but just big picture takeaway here for this podcast is, check with your tax advisor because it's likely there's going to be some hurdles to jump through. Okay. So give me an example of some of the tax consequences that could come into play here if I were to say, yeah, I'm retired and I want to give my son so, a couple tractors or something like that. Yeah, so we got to be careful. Uh, you know, the tax code is you know, it's a lot about you know the character of the income. You know, is it capital gain income or is it ordinary income, right? That's what we call character. And then there's timing of the income, you know, when do I have to recognize it? So character and timing is a lot of the just major thing. So one of the issues can be um, probably we'll just say like a building, okay? So I'll, I'll just say, you know, Dad, you bought a building for, you know, $200,000 and now it's worth, you know, let's say a million dollars, right? But We've depreciated it. Dad has depreciated it down to a hundred thousand dollars, right? So we bought it for two hundred. Depreciated down to a hundred. If he sells it for a million dollars, that'd be a nine hundred thousand dollar total gain, right? And then of that, there'd be eight hundred thousand dollars that would be a long term capital gain, um, which is this lower tax rate, right? So the million dollars is what's worth versus the original cost of two hundred thousand. I've got an eight hundred thousand dollar capital gain. So if Dad would sell it to a non related party. Easy peasy, $800,000 capital gain. You might say, well, how can I mess this up? Well, if you sell it to an entity that's controlled by your son, okay, so that sells to an entity controlled by his son, like an escort buys it or a partnership buys it, that $800,000 long term capital gain, which is taxed at lower rates, becomes instead ordinary income to dad. It's quite a shock. Um, and the, the rule is because can depreciate that building and the IRS is concerned about kind of gaming the system where dad, you know, the family is picking up capital gain and they're able to depreciate it, which offsets ordinary income. So that's the character issue. You can have a capital gain recharacterized to ordinary income if it's depreciable. So building would be one, um, even like raised breeding livestock would be another one, um, Land wouldn't be, though. So land is not depreciable by the sun. So land is 
even things like goodwill, you know, internally generated goodwill, which we don't have a whole lot of farming, but in other businesses, it can be a problem. So, again, you can have that, hey, I think I have long-term capital gain coming, and it can be converted to ordinary income. That's a pretty big issue. Okay. Okay, that's actually not the worst of it, though, Casey. Oh, it so, gets worse. Wow, look out. But, but, so, because likely in that scenario where dad would be selling that building to son, or really an entity that the son owns, probably the son would be paying dad over time. You know, it would be what we call seller financing, or, you know, it's an installment note, right? So the son doesn't have all the money, right? They're going to pay dad over 10 years, or, you know, 15 years, 7 years, whatever it might be, right? And so, if I sell to a third party, and I'm getting paid gradually, that capital gain income, that $800,000 of capital gain income, I can pick that up gradually as I receive the payments on the note, right? If I sell to a third party, capital gains. So that's a building capital gain or land capital gain. I can gradually pick it up. It's called the installment sale rule. Pick it up over time. So I can spread that gain out, right, over the, over the life of the payments. So it's kind of nice. Okay, so instead of selling to a third party, though, right, I sell to an entity controlled by my son. And the IRS used that, but I still base, I'm basically selling to myself because I'm related to my son and my son owns this entity. But if I sell this building over time to my son, number one, it's ordinary income instead of capital gain. Number two, much, much worse, that $800,000 of income is taxed in the first year. So can you imagine that? You know, you're, you're expecting number one capital gain and it's not that it's ordinary income, but then you know, I get, I have to pick up $800,000 of income, and maybe I only receive $50,000 in cash on installment note. So that is really the big problem. I mean, you can really get into trouble on that. That's the timing aspect. Remember, character and timing. So that's the worst case situation. So you do not want to sell something like that to a related party. You're, you're going to be in trouble, right? Wow. Okay. Okay. So... You know, again, there's a lot of different rules, and we don't really have time to get into all of them. You should always consult your tax advisor, but one possible solution is if the son is married, you know, his spouse could own 50% of this entity that's buying the building from dad, and the son only owns 50%, and that would be okay. You can check with your tax advisor, but his son, son can own no, no more than 50%. So if there's a spouse involved, they get on the other 50%. So that's one possibility. Um, that has, you know, there's other issues you've got to deal with there, but um, just be very careful on selling to related parties. Hmm. Now, one other thing, just what if, what if I'm selling something at a loss to my son, right? And I, it's, you know, I have the asset appraised, and it's worth, you know, Let's say it's a tractor. You know, there's no question about it. You know, the tractor is worth fifty thousand dollars, but for some reason, I have basis the tractor of seventy thousand dollars. You know, so I would have a loss, right? If I sold it to a third party, twenty thousand dollars. So this may not be the best example with the tractor, but but we'll use it. So, but if I sell that tractor to my son, I don't get to deduct that loss. It's a related party loss rule. Um, instead, that loss just carries over to my son, and if he ever sells it to a third party, he would get that loss. So you have to watch losses as well. That sometimes they're deferred, or, you know, they're not deductible. If you sell it to a related party, again, even if there's no question that you're selling it to him for the right price, it's just a rule the IRS put in to avoid kind of creating 
both get pretty complicated. But big picture takeaways, be very careful on related party sales, check with your tax advisor first. So where, where on the 3x5 card does this fit? Yeah. It's not on there. Yeah. It's not on that part? Okay. And there is, yeah. And just, just for a little bit of information, you may have been picking up, I've been saying, if you sell it to an entity controlled by my son, right, there's a problem. Like a partnership that my son owns more than 50%, or an S-Corp that my son, son owns more than 50%, we're not sure, but there's literally no rule. It appears that if I would sell an asset just individually to my son, right, not through an entity, individually to my son, mm-hmm. but that's actually not a problem. As crazy as that sounds. Right? So, okay, so if yeah. I'm, uh, just some, some clarification here, so if I'm, I'm married and me and my wife are, have this business together and just for tax purposes, she could own 60% of it and I can own 40 of it and we're good to go? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you don't have to be 50%, yeah. But if, 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 if son's not buying, you know, if the son is buying the assets from dad, let's just say, but if, if son sets up an entity and buys the assets from a dad, is that that's a problem. If son just kind of individually buys the building, it appears that I looked at some of the leading commentators on this. They said there's no real, no case law on this. There's also very, very limited commentary that this is okay, but any commentary that was found says it's fine. So there are just, you know, we, we talked about the gray glitch before, right? There are still kind of glitches or weird things because it really doesn't make sense that if my son directly buys this building individually, it's fine. It wouldn't trigger ordinary income to dad. But if he sets up an entity, i.e. a partnership or an escort, and he owns 100% of that, but that's a problem. It doesn't make a lot of sense, Mr. Casey. No, none. Zero. That is the rule. And so there, there are glitches like this still in the code. It's kind of amazing that there, there hasn't been a case on this to really prove this out. But that's what the leading commentators think. It's actually okay very bizarre. So, you just, wow. you have to, yeah, you, back to your question, the 3x5 postcard is, I mean, there's about four different, code, uh, at least three or four different definitions of related card is probably more, and, and you just, you have to know which, depending on what you're doing, you got to refer to a different definition. So, yeah. you just can't chance that if, if there's any relationship at all, you should check with your tax advisor first. Yeah. Well, good thing they didn't divine define what the 3 by 5 measurement was on that card because it's going to take about 3 miles yeah. by 5 miles to get Thank all that you. stuff on there. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. 3 miles by 5 miles. <laughs> Pretty big I, card. I, you know, I don't think even 3 by 5 was enough. So. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe meters. Maybe yep. I think we need a little more than a yard. You know, yeah. Meters, you know. We need a lot. need a lot. All right, Glenn. Yeah. Well, good information as usual. Like Glenn said, make sure you guys contact your tax tax advisor on uh, this topic, but if you want to contact Glenn, how would they do that? Yeah, that's just to call our office here at Heinel Van Orks. We're in uh, East Peoria, Illinois. Our number is 309-694-4251. Or you can always look me up on Twitter at, at Glenn Birnbaum. All right. Well, Glenn, thanks for taking time today and your travels to, to talk to us. And until next week, we'll talk to you then, man. All right, take care, buddy. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard.